Blog Talk Radio. Corruption. Racism. Xenophobia. White supremacy. Healthcare protections hanging by a thread. Law enforcement encouraged to commit acts of brutality. Peaceful people being separated from their families. And at the helm, a man beholden to Russia who is so unhinged that his actions could actually lead us to nuclear war. Join Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio. Together we must stand against the destruction of this country and the ideals we hold dear. Before it's too late. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-205-5772. That is 914-205-5772. If you want to join us in the chat room, it's uh, blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. You can also listen uh, after the podcast and leave your comments, questions, and concerns on the show thread at liberaldan.com, or you can leave comments on Twitter or on Facebook, facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. Now, before we, at the bottom half of the hour, we're going to be getting to actually probably about 10 minutes now, we're probably going to be getting into um, the conversation uh, with Tammy Savoy, a candidate for the 1st Congressional District of Louisiana as part of our Take Back Congress series. But first, I'd like to bring up this week's headlines. Yesterday was a horrible day for the Trump administration. Paul Manafort, Michael Cohen, etc., were just the lightest in convictions of Trump's inner circle during his campaign and beyond. When Donald Trump said that he would surround himself with the best people, he neglected to include the words that would agree to work with him. In science news, NASA has confirmed water on the surface of the moon. However, there is no proof of Klingons around Uranus. And in health news, it was determined that Neanderthals got it on with several human-like species. Perhaps that explains our current president. And that is this week's headline. So now, I'm going to be talking about, again, the, uh, before I get into some of the conversation uh, that I wanted to have about what happened yesterday, and I'll probably do that after I speak uh, with Tammy Savoy, um, I do want to talk about, first, um, Molly Tibbetts, uh, the case of her murder, and what's happening with that and why I think what's happening with that is wrong. See, Republicans and conservatives or whatever are trying to make this about immigration because I've heard, I've seen some reports questioning whether or not he is really here in violation of our border policies. However, I think that's irrelevant. His being here or not being here in violation of our border policies shouldn't make a difference in this case. It shouldn't be used in this case to try and say, hey, we need to build this wall now. 
because there's nothing inherently there's no, there's no evidence provided that people who are here in violation of our border policies are doing so at, at a much bigger threat to individuals than the standard legal resident of this country. What does that mean? So I've seen no evidence that proves that people who are here in violation of border policies are more likely to cause a threat against an individual, you know, harming that person in some way, either physically, financially, emotionally, whatever. I mean, some of these conservatives just, you know, you look at them wrong and they have, you know, they shatter and they can't handle it. But in reality, there's really nothing to show that these people, and I'll be willing to see data, if, if you have data that corrects me, there's nothing that shows that these people are more of a threat to individuals than people who are here legally, citizens, legal residents, what have you. Now, this doesn't seem, it doesn't seem logical that an individual who is here in violation of our border policies be a bigger threat. Most of these people are people who just are trying to improve their lives by being here, despite the fact that we have Donald Trump for president. So what, what makes people think that they are a bigger threat? I mean, I don't know. There's, there's just, it's just bigotry, plain and simple. And if I'm thinking logically here, and I like to think, I, I think logically most of the time, you have people who are trying to improve their lives, trying to just, you know, work these jobs that, you know, maybe pay under the table a little bit, or maybe they have to use a fake social security number or what have you, you know, yeah, you know, not legal, but again, not causing a direct harm against anybody who's not pulling these benefits from anybody. If anything, if they've stolen somebody's social security number, they're putting more money into that person's social security account than they would have thought. You have these people who they don't want to get caught. They, they want to live on, they want to be under the radar. So they're not going to, they're not, they're not going to cause a ruckus. They're not going to bring attention to themselves. So that's why it seems logical for me to suggest that people who are here in violation of border policies would be less likely to commit crimes against other people because they want to, they don't want to be seen. They don't want it. They don't want they don't want to get in trouble with the authorities. They don't want to risk deportation. So they're going to lay low, and they're going to just do their job quietly and just kind of go amongst, go along the merry way. And maybe their kids will get born here, and then those kids will grow up as citizens, et cetera. But the idea that, that somebody who commits this horrible act, and look, I'm not trying to excuse this act. I mean, this, this person, if guilty, you know, lock them up, you know, throw away the key. And if he's here in violation of our border policy, sure. That's a, that's a sure fine target for an actual somebody who's a threat to our country, to the people in this country. And sure, deport that person right away. Absolutely. I mean, you know, my biggest condemnation of Donald Trump and his deportations is that he's not going after these big threats. Instead, he's going after the low-hanging fruit, the people who are doing no harm to anybody by just simply being here and just trying to play up to his bigoted base. So 
when these conservatives try and make this argument that people who are here in violation of border policy are somehow a bigger threat and that it justifies the building of this ridiculous wall, you need to stand up and say, look, no, you need to prove to me when you're making your argument that people who violate border policies are more likely than normal citizens to cause harm to our citizens or our legal residents or other, any other people who have a legal right to be here in this country. And if it's not the case, then stop making this bigoted argument that, that, that this person and, and any of those people who do wind up committing crimes are proof that we need stronger borders in building a wall. Again, I don't know how you measure that statistic. I don't know how you would determine whether or not somebody who has crossed our border against our rules would be more or less likely to commit said crimes. I think it would be very difficult to measure, but I also cannot think of a logical argument that would suggest anything other than these people aren't going to make these do these crimes and instead that you know they're going to try and lay low anyway that's just my opinion of it if anybody has a different opinion of this issue um you feel free you know leave your comments on liberalband.com or at liberalband radio on twitter i'd be more than happy to discuss that then or perhaps in another show um however at this point, I'm going to go ahead and take my break, and at the end of the break, we should have our guest on at the bottom half of the hour. Uh, so get tuned in if you want to you know, have any questions. It's 914-205-5772. That's 914-205-5772. This is Liberal Day and Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do, but BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. Are you someone who is looking to get into the ride-sharing business, be it for a side hustle or a full-time gig? Are you currently a ride-share driver wondering how to increase your earnings? Are you simply a new rider looking for first-time rider credits? Head on over to RideshareDan.com for those first-time rider credits, sign-up bonuses for new drivers, and my tips and tricks to help you make more money in the gig economy.
And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-205-5772. It's 914-205-5772. You can also leave your comments and questions in the chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan on the show page for this particular episode. And if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can always leave those same comments, questions, and concerns either on the show thread over at liberaldan.com or at facebook.com slash liberaldan or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. Um, And now we are continuing my Take Back Congress series. Uh, These are uh, episodes that I'm devoting time to candidates who are running uh, for office. You know, there's there's the uh, supposed blue wave. Uh, that, you know, I think is real, (laughs) you know, but that's what they've labeled it, the blue wave. Um, And uh, people who are trying to do their best uh, to win um, in districts that, you know, are, you know, are easier to win or easier to take over. And some of them are harder, harder to win. And uh, this is a district again, that I've run in previously. And so I've, you know, it's definitely an uphill battle. It's a task that, uh, you know, it's not one for the faint of heart. Uh, but if I look over at uh, Tammy Savoy's uh, accomplishments, um, if I read all of these accomplishments, I think I would uh, use up all of the time I have for the show. Uh, so, you know, that is on her website, and I urge you to go ahead and read uh, that information because she is certainly an impressive uh, person, somebody who is, you know, going to explain why she believes she is worthy of your vote and. Um, again, I'd like to uh, bring on right now Tammy Savoy. Thank you for coming on the show. Hi, Dan. Thank you so much for hosting me here tonight. I'm excited to uh, talk to you and all of your listeners. Uh, it's great. I was, I've been, you know, apparently we've had lines crossed. I've been trying to get you on for you know a couple weeks, months, or whatever, but we finally got this to happen, and I'm happy that we were able to get it done because you know I did first heard about your candidacy and I saw about your accomplishments, your service to our country in the military. Um, your education, you know, it's just, it's, it's a very impressive resume uh, for somebody who wants to then go ahead and um, go into the, the swamp that is uh, Washington, D.C. And, and I think that, you know, you know, if, if somebody claimed to have drained the swamp, I think it was replaced with an even more swampier swamp. So like, I think the swamp yeah. got worse. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So now it's a little cool. bit of, Yes, absolutely. Tell your, my listeners a little bit about, you know, your background and uh, why you decided it was important to run uh, and challenge Steve Scalise for this seat. Well, you know, Dan, I spent uh, 38 years fighting for my country in the U.S. military. And uh, now I just want to fight for our community, for Louisiana, and for the country in Congress because things have gotten really out of hand and I came back home I retired in 2016 and made my way back home and uh, shortly thereafter Trump got elected and uh, things have really gotten bad and uh, I just need to serve my country again and this time serve my community and Louisiana in Congress and I I just think that I have a lot of experience and I want to participate in fixing the problems that beset all of us today. And what are some of those main problems that you see? Like one of, what are some of your top priorities as a candidate uh, 
when what are the things you want to tackle um, that you feel are a priority, that the, that the district feels a priority, and or that you feel that Steve Scalise is failing uh, to do? Okay. Okay. So let's tackle those. The first is health care. And our guiding light really should be health care for everyone. Um, it is imperative that we ensure everybody. And so I am for an expanded Medicare for all, a public option, so that everyone has access to affordable, quality health care. Now, what we have right now is a congressman who whipped the vote for the American Health Care Act of 2017, which would have knocked 23 million people, Americans, off of health care. And he was very happy to do that. He was gleeful when he was doing that. And, of course, he failed in doing that, and uh, the Republicans failed. And what, what we have now, though, is an effort to gut the ACA and reinstate lifetime caps on coverage, let insurers charge whatever they want to the sick and the elderly, um, eliminate the ACA's guarantee of affordable care for individuals with preexisting conditions. Um, so they have waged uh, a covert campaign to chip away at basic health care provisions. And so um, I believe that we need to go, I need to go to Congress and fight this and make sure that we maintain the, the ACA in its current form and continue to build on it and build in a public option so that everyone has access to health care. We have to have 100% coverage for everyone. So that's a, a major plan, a major uh, emphasis of the campaign. Uh, other emphasis are economic prosperity for all. You know, we need a livable wage. Right now we have a uh, – minimum wage of 725 and of course Louisiana goes by the federal wage and again Steve Scalise had the opportunity to raise the minimum wage so that we could have a livable wage and he declined to do so he voted against raising the minimum wage in 2014 and 2017 and that was somewhat of a slap in the face to Louisiana hardworking uh, uh, individuals so I think we need to have a a livable wage for everybody. We need a fair tax structure. So with the tax plan cut in uh, 2017 in December, what that did was it was uh, fiscally irresponsible to begin with, and it was um, it was really geared toward the wealthy. And what it has done is added a trillion plus to the debt, and it has gutted our uh, our coffers. So we don't have the income now. We don't have any money to invest in America. And in order to fund uh, America, what, what the proposal is is to cut Medicare, cut Social Security, cut health care, cut education, cut infrastructure. So we're making no investments in America. And that is going to destroy the middle class even more. And we can't survive without a middle class. And the final Absolutely. thing with the economy – Oh, is the tariffs, and the tariffs are crushing to Louisiana. We're going to be the hardest-hit state in the country uh, by these tariffs, and that's going to affect jobs, and we have um, one in six jobs in this state are related to international commerce, and that's all going to be affected with these tariffs. It's already being affected. Uh, and there are many other things I could go on, but you had a question or you wanted to say something? Well, no, I was I was about to say, like, you know, the, the dwindling middle class is, is absolutely something that needs to be dealt with because, you know, we, we have 
um, seemingly this this idea that we're going to have prosperity, you know, with these you know tax cuts. But then, you know, all the experts were saying, look, all these tax cuts are going to do is going to allow these businesses to just rebuy back their stocks, and it's not going to result in any sort of you know any sort of increased wages. You know, plans that were people that were planning on on doing. Uh, development here and jobs here because of these tariffs are now cutting their jobs and moving jobs overseas. And then we, it's, 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 it's terrible. And, you know, it's good to see, you know, it's exactly healthcare. what's happened. It's exactly what, exactly what has happened. And it's going to continue to happen in the, in the uh, wage disparities and the income uh, disparities are going to grow and grow. And the middle class is going to continue to be gutted and it's going to be bad for the country. Yeah, and the importance of you know having having quality health insurance, you know provisions that'll mm-hmm. cover all people. I mean, the idea that the, the idea that any insurance would be allowed to have, you know, a cap of what they would cover, is just that that goes against mm-hmm. insurance. Like if if you have yeah, if if, if you're basically telling me that you're going to cover me unless I get too sick, and then once I get too sick. I'm on my own. That doesn't make any sense. Exactly. You know, if, if, I, if I'm, no, if I'm buying, if I'm, I'm paying coverage if I, to cover me when I'm sick, it should cover me when I'm sick and for all the times that I'm sick until either I get better or I don't. Well, that's um, the problem. That's the problem with our health care system. It's not geared toward health and right. health care. It's geared toward profit. And until we have at least one sector of our health care system to be not for profit so that people can get health care when they need it, then we're going to suffer from these problems all, you know, forever. Um, one of the other things that we have to take into account when we talk about health care and we talk about the economy as two separate entities, um, the health care is a huge part of our economy. We're paying three times the amount that other industrialized uh, economies or countries are paying for health care, and yet our health care outcomes, whether that's mortality rate, rates, uh, infant mortality, maternal mortality, all of our uh, health outcomes are worse. And, uh, you know, why is that? It doesn't have to be that way. Why are we paying more and getting less? Uh, this doesn't make any sense. So what we can do, we can reduce health care costs and improve outcomes. That's the goal. Other countries can have done it, and we need to do it too. And the way we do that is take the profit motive out of health care. And there will always be people who can buy more health care, and that's fine. But we need to have a system where everyone can access quality, affordable health care. That's just the bottom line. And if we uh, buy into preventive health and population health measures, then then we can do what we need to do uh, as a moral nation. And right now we're just failing the citizens of, of America. Well, yeah, like way back in the day, when I mean, I ran for the seat in 2004, and one of, one of the things that I ran on was simply the fact that, you know, we need some sort of, you know, policy, you know something that will cover you, you know, to make sure that everyone has preventive care. Because, you know, they say an ounce of prevention is worth mm-hmm. a pound of cure. So, and these people who don't have coverage, don't have preventive care, are going to wait for their conditions to become worse and worse, and then they're going to go to the emergency room. And that's and then what happens. And then the, the cost so much yes. more to, to solve the problem because, you know, you, you've now let your problem mm-hmm. grow. I mean, you catch cancer early on, it's much more right. easier to treat than it is if you wait for it to become stage three, stage four, you know, what, what have you. So Exactly. 
And that's with um, everything. That's with everything, right? And I, I noticed in one of your videos, it has you uh, running, literally, not just figuratively for the office, but running, <laughs> you know, across, I guess, yeah. proverbially across the district. And you know, when I ran for this district, it was very gerrymandered already. And, you know, I was looking at the map on your, on your page and just, I mean, I didn't have to go to Homa. I didn't have to go to, to Grand Isle. And, <laughs> and you have a lot more geography to cover. I mean, partially because when I ran, we had seven districts and we got pushed down to six. So yeah. the district's obviously going to be yeah. a little bigger, but you have a, a monumental task ahead of you, you know, crossing all of these, um, you know, lines and going out to all of these different areas. And, and you know, what are you, what are you hearing as a candidate when you talk to people, when you, when you get, sit them down and you, you know, cause this, this district is a very conservative district and it's drawn that way. Um, so mm-hmm. what do you, what do you get? Yeah, what, of kind of, yeah, what kind of, what kind of, what kind of, what kind of, feedback are you getting not just from you know people who obviously are more likely to support you the more progressive folks but the the others who are who are you know perhaps not as progressive but who you might have an opportunity to talk to yeah i think healthcare is uh cuts across all all people you know all uh, socioeconomic statuses all races all genders old young you you know you everyone needs health care um uh conservatives, liberal, everybody needs health care. So everybody is concerned in one way or another about health care. People are right. concerned about jobs and stagnant economic growth. So you might have a job, but you haven't had a raise or any kind of um, incentive. You know, inflation is getting uh, worse, um, and any savings you got from the tax cut is just eaten up by inflation. So Stagnant wage growth is another thing, and job uh, growth opportunities are another issue for for people. And then just the income inequality uh, for women, um, just the income inequality between men and women and getting some pay equity and things of that nature. So it's the economy. It's the health care. A lot of people are very concerned about our environment. And anybody who's living on the coast and uh, people that understand that sea levels are rising and uh, perhaps more than we even expected. And right. that with a combination of the er- coastal erosion, you know, our parishes are going to be disappearing. So that's a concern uh, for everybody. And um, so these are the things uh, that consume people on a daily basis. All right, just this affects their lives every day, and then we have things that or that we see on the news, people that are very upset about what happened at the borders with the separation of the of the moms and the babies. People are very upset about that, um, and it doesn't you know affect them right now, but or in their lives. But we don't want to be a country that does that to right. other human beings, and people are very upset about that. Um, people are upset about, you know, what's going on in uh, with our allies. And, of course, again, that's not on in everybody's, you know, it's not going to affect everybody's daily lives, but people don't like to see that. And uh, so these are the things that we hear tangentially. But the most of the time we hear about things that affect people's daily lives. Education is another big one in Louisiana, of course. Uh, people really want good education because and uh, early childhood education and prenatal care all of these things that affect 
families, that affect uh, our children, and ultimately affect our our society and our ability to have a flourishing economy here in Louisiana. It's very hard to attract business when we don't have a um, a very educated uh, when the education system isn't great and we don't have an educated uh, populace that they can come and draw from. This is very hard on Louisiana, and I know that Governor Edwards is doing all that he can, and he has increased uh, through the Medicaid expansion the number of people that are eligible to get health care. So this was very beneficial to our state because in order to draw business and have a good economy here, we need to have a good health care system, we need to have a good education system, we need to have good infrastructure, and we need to have clean air and clean soil, and we have to be able to, to say that we take care of our citizens here in Louisiana. And so we're all fighting for that, uh, and we need to uh, you know, replace our congressperson so that right. we can have that, that representation in Washington fighting for the people of Louisiana. And right now we don't have that. We don't have anybody looking out fighting for Louisiana in D.C. We've got some money in the governor's office. We don't have anybody in D.C. And I absolutely agree. And what's interesting is that you actually have it, you have it luckier than I, I did when I ran, because when I ran, it was one of my top priorities that I made was coastal restoration and hurricane protection. And I didn't mm-hmm. have the, the, you know, Gulf parishes, the parishes along, all along the Gulf uh, to uh, mm-hmm. you know, those, those areas were a different district. And so I'm up on, I'm up in Covington and I'm talking to people about coastal restoration and hurricane protection. They're like, that doesn't concern us. And I was like, well, it concerns you when ga- <laughs> a big hurricane hits and you see gas at $4 a gallon. And the guy, and this is in 2004, yeah. a year before Katrina. And, and I, uh, and I said, Things have you'll changed. care. I know. And I was like, and I was like, yeah. I was like, you'll care. And he goes, that'll never happen. Let me tell you, I wish I had that guy's phone number. I would have loved to have called yeah. him back a year later and have been <laughs> like, well, look, look what happened. You know, I, 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 I first saw this and, yeah. You know, you you were you you doubted you're a doubter, but you have people who are literally affected by issues pertaining to the coast. You know, people who live down there. You know, who yeah, absolutely. Fish, who, and who, actually, who worked you know, I've been to Covington. I've been to Covington and Mandeville several times, over and over again. Sure. And uh, and they are really into the environment there uh, more than you would ever think so. And there's a huge group out there. There's a huge Sierra Club, and there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people who uh, are concerned about the environmental impact of plastics in addition to coastal erosion and uh, climate change. So there is a real movement on the North Shore regarding our environment, and I'm very happy about that. I'm very happy. That's great. And I think part of that was probably uh, the whole attempts to start fracking near Abita Springs, you know, trying to, to, you know, all of the they were trying to do that, and, and, and a lot of people, you know, who are especially con- typically conservative, were like, "Well, wait a second, you know, that's going to harm us. That that that's not a good thing." And so, yeah. a lot of times, people yeah. won't see things, you know, altruistically. They'll have to wait to see how it affects them. But you yeah. know, at least it, exactly. at this point, they've seen, and if they're and if they're becoming more environmentally conscious up on the North Shore, hey, that's great. And you know, maybe that'll it that'll is. make this. That maybe that'll make this district one that you yeah. know becomes more winnable. And um, you know, just in July, the St. Tammany uh, government had to temporarily close one of the North Shore beaches uh, in the Slidell area because of erosion of the beach. 
And so they're getting it, I mean, because it's affecting them, but not just because it's affecting them, because I think they really realize, hey, um, we have to do something. We have to do something now. And um, when it when you have to start closing beaches down, that that's um, that's pretty bad. So. And I will say that you are the candidate that was endorsed by the Louisiana Democratic Party. Um, so um, that actually, when yeah. I saw, heard that that happened, that impressed me, uh, simply because of the fact that they were not getting involved at all <laughs> during my election when I was running against <laughs> Jindal. They did not want to get involved in that at all. They let the, the local groups did endorse um, mm-hmm. some, some of the candidates. But, mm-hmm. you know, on a, on a whole district level, the state party kind of stayed out of it. And I was just like, all right, well, so, so it's good to see that the, the state party is seeing the, yeah. the interest and taking an interest in this district that is typically seen as one of the most conservative in the state. Um, yes, they are very, yeah, they're very involved. This is a good thing. And the whole, you know, there's just a lot of grassroots movement going on and it's good to see. And the thing is we need to continue it. Uh, 2019, of course, is going to be a monumental year for all of us, and we need to make sure that we keep it up and just keep the keep the energy, keep the focus on changing the state legislature next year and keeping our governor in. That's all going to be extremely important. So we can't stop after November. We just have to keep going into 2020. Right. So we got to fight for 2019, fight for 2020, and then we're going to redistrict in 2020, 21. And so, you know, hopefully we'll get some relief with all of the gerrymandering as well. Right. Cause there should be, and it was very interesting. Like two weeks ago, I did have uh, a, uh, somebody on from a, a brother, brothers and sisters who are both are all very young. They're from Austin and they actually created a game that discussed or that shows how bad gerrymandering is. And they basically make it, their theme is like gerrymandering is a game except for when it isn't uh, or isn't a game except for when it is, that is. Um, so mm-hmm. and they're, they're basically trying to, you know, not only make a game that looks fun to play, but actually kind of shows people, Oh, this is what gerrymandering is and how terrible it is. I mean, if you look at the election results, ignoring the 55% that uh, Edwards got um, because he had about 10% mm-hmm. Republican spillover or conservative spillover of people who just would not vote to make the governor's mansion a brothel. Um, they, uh, they, uh, you know, you still had 45% on the other races voting for Democrats. Yeah. And even in, you know, the election, you know, for president, uh, almost 40% uh, of the state of Louisiana. So two thirds, uh, one third of the state or more uh, voted for uh, a liberal Democrat. So the idea that, you know, this mm-hmm. state should have six congressional districts and only one of them, be represented by a, exactly. by a Democrat is is just is, is unequal representation. Yeah. It's, it should be deemed as unconstitutional. Um, so hopefully um, we will have a Democratic candidate winning in this in this election because that's what would more fairly and accurately be represented of the, our state in general. So um, yeah. how uh, you know? So you do have your website at uh, TammySavoy.com. Um, do you have any events coming yes. up that you'd like to tell the listeners about where people can come and meet you or, or different ways that they could help support oh. the campaign? Well, they can go to the website, of course, at TammySavoy.com and, um, and donate. And uh, we do have some house parties coming up um, on Friday. We will be in 
We will be at a house party on Octavia Street. And all of these things are on the website on our public calendar, okay? So people can go and look. And we have another one on the 25th as well. And uh, we have, uh, let's see, there's a a number of um, breakfasts coming up. And I'll be in Homa on the 31st. And so all they have to do is, yeah, there's a lot coming up, and they can uh, go on to the public web to the website and look at the public calendar, and uh, we have a lot of things on there for them to go to. So that would be great. Excellent, and you know, I will link. I've already linked to your web page from the show description and from my website, and I will link from and I've linked already from to your Twitter account, from my Twitter account, and I'll make sure to do that all again just to make sure that. Everybody can link from my page and find how to, how to how to see you on social media, Twitter, Facebook, um, and uh, I think you also have an Instagram as well. And all that's available from your website at t a m m y s a v o i e dot com. So, do you have any final yeah. words uh, to the listeners before we go ahead uh, and take your final break? Well, I any want to thank words? everybody, and I I just want to thank everybody, and uh, I really look forward to serving the our district and our state and our country again. Um, I really do appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and talk about uh, the issues. I believe that um, as the state, endorse, the state Democratic endorsed candidate, I will be the one to serve you and to go toe-to-toe with Scalise and uh, retire him to the state that he mm-hmm. has neglected so well over the past 10 years. So thank you so much. I really appreciate well- it. Oh, it's my pleasure, and uh, good luck with your campaign, and I hope, you know, we definitely need to get a Democrat into that seat. We definitely need to force a runoff, and I think if, if once, once a runoff is forced, the entire game changes. So, and, and, and yeah, game I, wish you, I wish you all the luck, and I uh, hope you have a good day, and I hope to talk to you again. Sure thing. Thanks so much. Thank you you so have a much. good night. Thanks. All right. You too. Bye-bye. All right, and that was Tammy Savoy, and I'm going to go ahead because of my earlier technical difficulty, and I will take another commercial block and come back and discuss the issue I want to discuss beforehand. Um, if you want to come in and join the conversation and talk about the Louisiana First Congressional District or anything else that we discussed today, it's 914-205-5772. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. Are you someone who is looking to get into the ride-sharing business, be it for a side hustle or a full-time gig? Are you currently a ride-share driver wondering how to increase your earnings? Are you simply a new rider looking for first-time rider credits? Head on over to RideshareDan.com for those first-time rider credits, sign-up bonuses for new drivers, 
and my tips and tricks to help you make more money in the gig economy. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-205-5772. It's area code 914-205-5772. We just had a conversation with Tammy Savoy, candidate in the 1st Congressional District uh, for the state of Louisiana, trying to replace the majority whip, Steve Scalise, in Congress. And I will you know, link... The show thread actually links to her webpage, and on Twitter, you'll be able to see her Twitter account as well. And um, from all those areas, you can navigate to all of her social media to find out more about Tammy and see see what she is up to in the upcoming weeks leading up to the election. And if you feel she is the best candidate, I wholeheartedly say you should go out. You know, there's no reason uh, why people should stay home, even in districts that are supposedly um, – out of reach. There's no reason to sit home. I mean, I can't tell you how many elections I've voted in that I've, you know, knew I was going to lose, but I still voted in them anyway. Why? Because it was important to get your name out there. And the more people did that, perhaps you wouldn't have so many lopsided election results because these people who, you know, you should take your, your, your duty to vote seriously. And of course, you know, the reason I highlighted the candidates in the past two weeks who were from Louisiana's first congressional district is because, again, I ran in that district. So I have an affinity uh, for people who do want to take on that task because it is a hard one, especially harder since it's been re-gerrymandered to include a whole lot more than just the North Shore and a little bit of uh, Metairie Kenner and some of the West Bank. And, you know, just it's, it's huge, as I guess our president would say oh so um i didn't want to talk about this before we, we got to uh, tammy but since again we had a technical difficulty that i'll be having to edit out after the show uh we'll go ahead and talk about it now which is the horrible day for donald trump that he had um everybody who's been charged as a result of the Mueller investigation 33 people have faced criminal charges that stem from the russian Investigation into the Russian interference in the 2006 election. So, I mean, just yesterday, we have Paul Manafort, former campaign chairman. He was convicted of financial fraud in, yesterday. Uh, Michael Cohen, uh, President Trump's uh, former lawyer, uh, Michael Cohen, who pled guilty again yesterday. Uh, Rick Gates, who pled guilty, his former campaign advisor. Michael Flynn, former national security advisor, pled guilty, you know, he says that this is a supposed witch hunt, but the witches are coming out and saying, hey, we're witches. Look, witches. We're witches. I'm a witch. A witch. Alex Vanderswan lying to investigators about conversations with Mr. Mr. Gates. He's a lawyer that worked with Mr. Manafort and Mr. Gates. He pled guilty February 20th, 2018. Richard Panetto, uh, identity fraud. Uh, he's a California man who sold bank accounts online, pled guilty. Michael Flynn, again, former security advisor, pled guilty. George Papadopoulos, former campaign advisor, lied to the FBI about conversations with people he believed were kind of Russians. He pled guilty. He had 13 Russian nationals who 
have and three related companies. They've been charged with conspiracy to defraud the United States and a conspiracy to commit bank fraud and identity and uh, identity theft. Twelve Russian intelligence officers uh, who had a conspiracy to commit an offense against the United States, identity theft, conspiracy to launder money. Uh, 13, 12, 11, and a partridge into pear tree. Um, Konstantin V. Kliminik, uh, obstruction of justice, a Russian army trained linguist and associate of Mr. Manafort. So all these people are just dropping like flies. And, you know, there's question as to whether or not Manafort will get a pardon. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he does, uh, simply because of the fact that, you know, Trump has been out there saying how his prosecution was part of this, it's a witch hunt, it's terrible, we're, we're, we, you know, it's so unfair, this investigation, so unfair, so unfair, we can't have this investigation, it's terrible. If I would step in, I could, and I would just squash it. So he could probably just go ahead and pardon. Now, w- there's, there's some conversations as to whether or not pardoning would actually be something that he could do and he can do it. He has the power to do it. But if he pardons to obstruct justice, then it could potentially also be a crime. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. Somebody suggested that, um, that it could be the case. I don't can't say for sure whether or not that is the case. Um, but with Michael Cohen, whole big ball of wax. Whole big issue. A long time attorney, somebody who knows Donald Trump really well. And he said that a candidate directed him to pay hush money in exchange for silence of two women, Daniels and the other person. Um, And the payments were meant to, quote, influence the 2016 election and remain in coordinating with and at the direction of the candidate for federal office. So here's the thing. You basically have Donald Trump saying, look, we're going to, I want you to break the law for me because I don't want this. Now, why Donald Trump couldn't have just spent his own personal money on this? Just dumb. Absolutely dumb. Why would you purposefully use the campaign funds? It's that Neanderthal thing that I talked spoke about earlier. It just doesn't make any sense that he would that he would say, "Oh, let's use this money." But I mean, I guess when you run a corporation, you want to use the corporation's money as much as possible to cover your personal expenses, to cover your personal responsibilities. That's why you get to write off tax things on your taxes, like meals and other stuff that you normally wouldn't get to, you know, get to write off on your. If I use my personal funds to buy a meal, eh, my personal funds. But if I use my corporation funds to buy a meal, okay, you know, it, it doesn't come out of my personal funds. I mean, it might reduce my profit that I eventually get from my business. But it's again, it's a business expense, so it counts against my gross income, and so I pay less taxes. So it's just part of the sham that is a corporation. But uh, I mean, Cohen didn't say that it was Donald Trump who did it. But I mean, who else would, it, would who else would it have been? It could not have been anybody else other than Herr Donald who would say this. 
so basically, uh, what's it? Karen McDougal is the other one, the other candidate. Um, basically, it said that it was hush money to buy the rights to these deals. And there is a question that hasn't been answered yet. Is, can a sitting president be criminally indicted? Um, people are saying he's not supposed to be in the legal jeopardy. And will the Republican Party finally take a stand and say, no, we need to impeach Donald Trump? Um, I, I just, I don't know. I have no faith in this, these Republicans in Congress to be able to do the right thing. They made impeachment a political tool to remove political opponents. They're not going to remove one of their own. It's just not going to happen. So, But even though now he, people are saying that he is an unindicted co-conspirator in this crime, the hopefully the, the, the chunk of America that for some reason thought Hillary was worse than Trump will now see their error in their ways and come out and vote in the fall and come out and help really drain the swamp in electing Democrats to both retake the Senate and the House. And once you do that, you then move to the presidential election and you retake the presidency from this crook. So will it work? Who knows? Never deny the American public the ability to do what's not in its best interests. But hopefully there'll be enough information there to convince enough people that this person sitting in the presidential suite in the Oval Office is the wrong person, and hopefully it'll be only four years of harm that we have to deal with. And hopefully those last two years of those four years will be have less harm simply because you won't have a Republican Congress who will back up his ridiculousness anymore. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and end the show. Uh, tune in next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central for more Liberal Dan Radio. Uh, you can, again, follow me at Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan, uh, LiberalDan.com, BlogTalkRadio.com slash Liberal Dan. You can subscribe to the show and at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter. Until next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.